Greetings, film fans, and welcome to episode 24 of The Big Review Ski, the deadly film show from Joe and Her that, under the cover of darkness, silently and efficiently takes out the bad guys, getting the dirty work done just so you can sleep safe and sound in your bed at night. It's, it's not Batman. No, it's linked to another film that we're chatting about later on. No, like, uh, is it Dublin the, is Old it? School? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Sherlock Gnomes. Sherlock, Sherlock Gnomes. I'm your host, Owen DeHardy, and delighted to be joined by two of the coolest anti-heroes around. They're the most lethal guns for hire in the business, and what's lovely is that they both uh, have a heart of gold. It's Rory Cashin and Paul Moore. How did you know my auntie's a hero? <laughs> she is great. Mary. You're shaking Still your head. I don't know what film do you It's kind of like I was going for like a Sicario link with the hitman. Oh. And it's kind of he's a hitman and he kills the bad guys. So because we're talking about Sicario 2 Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> that's exactly. So this episode the one. won't be an hour about Sherlock Gnomes, you're telling me. Unfortunately not. Ah, that's sh- our sh- next b- 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 bonus feature. Uh, if you'd like to hire the Bigger Viewski gang to murder someone for you, Jesus. Uh, right here. it'll be in a cool way with a funky soundtrack, so we'll be fine. All right. You can tweet us on Twitter at Big Reviewski and you can WhatsApp us on the phone by using this number Rory give me a number 11 11 Paul 74 11 74 and don't forget to put an 00353 at the start of that as well Uh, we've got a deadly (laughs) Dublin show coming up this week as we'll be joined by Emmett Kerwin and Ian Lloyd Anderson which is the least Dublin name in the world (laughs) (laughs) they're the stars of new Irish film Dublin Old School plus we've got gazillions of reviews more head scratching high clues and an out-of-this-world prize. It's scarily good, and Rory will want to steal it for himself, but you're not allowed to do that. No. No. No, you're not allowed no. to do that. Oh, yeah, I forgot what the prize was, and now I remembered, and now I remember <laughs> yeah. why I... Heist, heist week was last want week. It yeah, yeah. so badly. You want it so badly. Now, though, it's time for the big question on the Big Review Ski. Last week, we wanted to know what is your favourite heist movie soundtrack? Uh, one week on, uh, inspired by heist movies and funky soundtracks, did you try to rob anywhere during the week? No. No, no, no. Okay, Paul, did you try and rob anywhere during the week? Just the hearts of everyone I met on. Okay, that's awful. Um, <laughs> thanks to everybody who got in touch. Niall Byrne went for heat or drive. I like it. Great Choosing two there. Uh, Arndt Conroy went even more specific. He went for 007 Takes the Lecter. It's off the soundtrack from uh, from Russia with Love. Oh. Oh. Uh, Charlotte went for Ocean's Eleven. Mark Doherty, no relation. Uh, chose Time from Hans Simmer's Inception. There was actually lots of choices mm. for Inception. Simon Daly went for Reservoir Dogs. And Brian Hickson chose some alternative heist movies. Okay. Uh, he went for Garden State, which does have a brilliant soundtrack. He said because they steal coffins in it. And he went for High Fidelity uh, because he steal records or somebody steals records oh they do they, yeah. they, the punk bands don't they they steal the uh, Whitney Houston and all that stuff don't they I don't think his ex-girlfriend has, has loads of his records it's a bit um, oblique I, I, <laughs> yeah, but we, but we like oblique I, 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 like I oblique. thought it was, yeah. a, it was a nice uh, twist on it all but right. for this week's big question on the Big Review Ski it's over to Rory just like Paul and Owen I also love big questions Cashin. We have that one thing in common. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, our big uh, review and our big interview this week is centred around Dublin Old School, which itself is centred about the big party scene in Dublin at the moment. So I thought I'd ask, what is your favourite movie party of all time? So your favourite party that happened in a movie. Now, I thought that was a simple enough question until yeah. I tried to answer myself. And I was like, ah. Roy, I think <laughs> this is, out of all the big questions on the Big Review Ski, I think this is one of the hardest the if one. not the hardest the biggest, biggest one question. I couldn't answer this for ages and I'm still massively Why just, was is it just you had your usual 10 or is it just you're trying to narrow it down pretty much well there's a couple of or things or is it because you hate parties and you're like no. I just no I, I don't want anything to do with the people piss off fair um, one of the things obviously all everybody in Ireland been raised on American high school films with red cup parties and things like that so you're like oh I wish I went to high school in America um, is one thing but then they'll kill each other, so that's that's not a good never thing. Never ends well. No, no, never ends well. The other uh, part of it then, loads of them <laughs> were from musicals and stuff <laughs> as well. But then I realised the one that actually, I you know, I know that there are lots of cool parties from films like. Uh, <laughs> don't you do don't, it? Don't, I won't name them. I know them. what you're I doing. I won't name them. Okay, but the one Deep I breath. settled Deep on breath. was, and I've kind of chosen it for another answer previously. But when it comes down to it, this film, uh, when it was released in 2004, 
made a massive impact on me and my friends. <laughs> it still holds up to this day. And it wasn't just a very cool party where they are all massively depressed. They really are. Sure. But uh, it's Relatable. the introduction to four, well, three of the most iconic film characters of the past, like, kind of 20 years or whatever. But at the same time, uh, one weaker character. But hey, champ's fine. Uh, but this <laughs> is the, uh, near the opening of Anchorman, this is the party scene. With Ladies Ron. and gentlemen, oh, hello. can I please have your attention? <laughs> Hi, Ron. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Cannonball! Yes, these fellows were a real news team. Burgundy, of course, was the foundation. The rock. But each member brought their own special something to the equation. That opening party scene goes on for about five and a half minutes. <laughs> and I, I honestly didn't know which clip to use from it because it's when he says things like, by the beard of Zeus, when he sees Veronica Corningstone. The film's greatest movie couple, obviously. Sure. Um, and uh, things I like, know exactly what I'm going with. Yes, you know, I know what you were thinking. And I do the answer is yes. I have a nickname for my penis, but I've also nicknamed my testes. Yeah, so That's, Brian Fontana, yeah. Champ, not overly, you know, massively fan of, of Champ, but there's so many brilliant moments just in that opening little section. I was like, do you know what? Feck it. I'm going to go for Anchorman. And I also love the, the hangover the next day when they're discussing it. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 rec room and they would not stop screaming. Oh, <laughs> it's so good. But, uh, Paul, what did you go for? I was toying with this so much because I had, like, so many like yourself kind of your our mundane Catholic Irish life you just aspire to this crazy American frat house and my immediate thinking went to that which was I was sure you were going to pick old school I was tying between old school and the one I went for uh, also shout out to Animal House like the original party for you're me you're doing it own he's doing I know, it own. I know. he's picking multiple but, answers but I will settle on this it's more of a ball than it is a dance but it's for me one of my favourite scenes which realised that I love cinema so much uh, even if I've, I've seen this film 50, 60 times and the electricity of this particular moment, it just jumps off stage. And it's one of those moments, you ever watch a scene and you think, Christ, I'd love to be an actor, I'd love to be working in film, or I'd love to, like what we're doing now, just even chat, chatting about film. This, no matter what mood I'm in, always picks me up. And here it is, you'll get it instantly. All right. All right, this is, uh, this is an oldie. But, uh, right. Mm-hmm. Well, Wait for it. It's an oldie where I come from. All right, guys, uh, listen to the blues riff and B. Watch me for the changes and try and keep up, okay? That is, of course, Marty McFly in Back to the Future, which for me uh, is just the ultimate underdog in cinema. Back to the Future is a perfect film. It's perfect in every sense. The script is amazing, well acted, and it's just the hardest thing to define in cinema. It's effortlessly cool. It's just cool, and it hasn't aged at all, and I'll watch it any time it's on. It's an unbelievable uh, scene. Can I ask, uh, not to spoil the buzz, does it qualify as a party scene? Because it's a ball, it's a, it's a party. It's a dance. It's the, what do you call under the, the sea? The enchantment under the sea ball. Under the sea ball, okay. If Paul if Paul wants that be a, be a party, then... Come then, on. Like, it is, I knew you a had party. a heart of gold. He, it's a, it's he's a yet to invite us to a ball. This that's is true. true. This so. is true. Um, no, that's uh, a perfect scene. And how does your man finish it again when he's on the phone? He's uh, like, he, he goes into was it was a Van Halen and he starts going all heavy metal and the kids just end up being freaked out. And oh yeah. no, when he's on the phone to his uh, cousin, he's like, oh, you know Chuck, that hot new Chuck, sound, Chuck Berry and Marvin. <laughs> that new sound you're yeah. looking for. Hey Marvin, this, Marvin. this. Yeah, um, amazing scene. Roy, what did you go for? Well, you know the way I have loads of famous friends. No, in other ways, it's me you, and my famous mates just hanging out. And I know you being bestos. You keep. Saying that, yeah, mm. <laughs> Steven Spielberg, yeah, well, at the, you know, a lot of famous people designing it. Sandra Bullock. Uh, so, <laughs> with that in mind, um, and to be fair, this party does seem like the most fun party, well, up until how it ends. Um, sound guy, you just kick it off there. Take your panties off. Take your panties off. Take your panties off. Come on, Rihanna, take your panties off of me. Come on, Craig, can you fuck off for me? I'll do one of them things. That is the uh, party scene that kicks off This Is The End, which is just a load of famous people 
acting the maggot in James Franco's big house before as themselves the apocalypse yeah. comes although around. Michael Sarah just steals that film from me he's such a dick in that film but he's a great dick doesn't he like yeah. blow a handful of heroin <laughs> to make love in space and like really be really inappropriate around Rihanna and stuff like that yeah speaking of inappropriate uh, I oh. never want to hear that track again with Rory you singing those words and making eye contact with me it, no? was, it, it was the <laughs> head bop that was the, yeah. the slow last week we had cool funky head bop and this week it's like it's seductive. sensual and seductive sensual. Um, so yeah those are our favourite party scenes. Still single, ladies. <laughs> our favourite party scenes from films. Uh, yeah, so get in touch with us and let us know what are your favourite uh, movie party scenes. Now, though, it's time for this week's Example High Clue. Later on, we will have our competition one coming up. Uh, Rory, you were looking after this week's one. I was, yeah. Oh, please say it doesn't mention panties or eye contact. Uh, there we go. Just crude. Not, no brown. Let me just double check the panty line. Owen doesn't here. speak okay. for me. I'll have that known. Panty line? No? Mm. All right. Okay. Yeah, okay, he's squirming so in his seat. Pens, I can see it right now. Papers at the working. ready. Yep. Ready? You know, I got yep. your loud paper? Mm-hmm. Cool. Before he arrived. Before he arrived. Infinity reunion. Infinity reunion. She's smart, but not sharp. She's smart, but not Sharp. Okay, syllable count. Before he arrived, infinity reunion. She's smart, but not sharp. Five seven five. Perfect. Okay. Any thoughts, Paul? Well, the infinity reunion is obviously two people who have acted yeah. before. But, oh, yeah. uh, Jesus, this that could be fifty actors. <laughs> That's every film. actor. I think the three of us were in that. She's smart <laughs> for a quick scene. I don't know why she's smart, but she's not sharp. My mind drawn to Amy Smart. I don't know if that's. Something okay. Smart. Well, then it would be a capital S, probably. Is that a correct? There's no There's hidden no, okay, 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 tricks okay. in there. I think the first line's the easiest one to get. Before he arrived is hopefully a reference to the director of Arrival, uh, Denis, Denis Villeneuve. Villeneuve. Good one. Denis Villeneuve, who's obviously uh, in the reviews this week. Or, well, kind of tied in with the reviews with Sicario 2 coming out. Uh, Denis Villeneuve. Um, so, before he arrived. So, a film before oh, Arrival. Oh, I get it, yeah. So you've got uh, Finney Reunion Brolin and uh, Del Toro Was Del Toro in They were both Was he Yeah he was Because they have the scene Yeah definitely In Nowhere The place called Nowhere Yeah but then she's smart, not sharp. She's oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Emily yeah, Blunt. That's beautiful. Yes. That is a work of art. Yes. So the answer to that is Sicario. So the yeah. first line before he arrived is reference to director Danny Villeneuve, uh, a film he made before arrival. Infinity Reunion. We said Josh Brolin and Benicio del Toro, uh, who are in Sicario and play the collector and Thanos. Um, in Avengers Infinity War and she's smart she is Emily Blunt unbelievably smart but she's not sharp oh that's lovely that's made me very happy yeah Sicario amazing do you know what do you know what do you know what you deserve for that because to go home and not be here for the next 30 seconds to go to the movies to go to the movies you've earned it Rory I'm making eye contact when you never come to that (laughs) freaking me out 30 seconds of solid unblinking eye contact oh god look at me so these are the top 10 films (laughs) I can't look at two the top 10 films in the Irish box office this week Uh, in at number 10 it's a brand new entry The Happy Prince which we reviewed last week but Rory neither of ourselves neither you or me we're massive fans of this film. No, 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 no. Sorry, I was really distracted that it was still playing in the background. <laughs> I was like, Christ, what end? Uh, no, uh, but your interview is up on Joe right now. It is, yes. You can check it out in episode 23 of The Big Review Ski, our interview with the writer, director, and star of The Happy Prince, Rupert Everett. The film itself, yeah, I wasn't, uh, as we said, a huge fan of it. But listen, it's doing decent there. And at there number it 10, is. There it is. Uh, number nine, still doing decent. Avengers Infinity War. And I hear that they're going to be making a sequel to that. It's done so well, so congratulations to everybody. Oh, yeah, it was, it was a bit hit and miss there big, for a bit, wasn't it? Big news. They wanted to wait just to see how much money it made. Still no uh, idea what it's called. <laughs> no that's true though yeah yeah. that wasn't so. a joke <laughs> that's actually <laughs> true uh, number 8 uh, in the Irish box office is Sherlock Gnomes anything Paul? Uh, I think we I tapped had, that well I had one there just a second it's there it's tapped oh, <laughs> it's the, cool. oh the Gnome Ranger like you're just saying saying things the now. Lone Ranger no no I, I, I get Hammer that and Johnny Depp the Gnome yeah. Ranger okay. yeah. I would like like we should fit it into things that no longer rhyme but like keep yeah, it going an- anchor Gnome 
Okay, I, number seven is Show Dogs. Uh, number do six, you know I mean? Solo. <laughs> I do know what <laughs> you mean. Where do we land Star Wars on the gnome thing? <laughs> number five, Book Club. It's finally <laughs> moving backwards in the chart because it had been moving uh, in one direction up the ways. Uh, number four this week is Deadpool 2, also starring Josh Brolin, who's just having uh, an unbelievable year. And is uh, now the highest rated or rated movie of all time. Is uh, it as sorry, well? the highest uh, taking or rated. I think Deadpool 1 was the first. Amazing. So again, they're it m- made more money than the first Deadpool? I think so, yeah. Are you sure? I think it's oh, there's gonna be a fact fight. Oh, fact. I don't know if that's. I don't like to lose my fact. I don't know. If that's I'm like, we're that gonna out. check that when we have a minute, and we'll be back with facts. <laughs> either either <laughs> or lies. Fact. Either way, there'll definitely be a Deadpool uh, three. Number three in the Irish box office is Hereditary. Rory, you loved it. I did. And Paul, you. I really got liked it. it. Really you, liked it. You built up the courage, unlike me, to go and see it this yeah, week. Yeah, you still know. I haven't had a chance to see it yet. No, it's not because you went to see number two. (laughs) That's exactly (laughs) why it was. But, uh, Paul, what did you think of Hereditary? I really, really enjoyed it. As I said, possible to read as a drama. Tony Collette's great. Alex Wolfe is very good. Um, Although, if you're kind of versed in a lot of the occult horror, you can kind of see the last half hour escalating. Beautiful to look at. Um, But I found the set pieces, uh, the the build-up to the set pieces were more enjoyable and tense and nervous than the actual execution of them, maybe bar one. But it's a really good horror film, yeah. And yes, I didn't go to see Hereditary because I went to see Ocean's 8. It's a brand new entry, number two this week. And it's strange because it's been on release since Monday of the week before the box office. Yes. So you'd fully expect it to go into the number one spot. Yes. But it's been held off from that spot by Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, which is number one for about the third week in a row. But Ocean's 8, uh, we had Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett and Sarah Paulson on the show last week. Um, and the three of them are brilliant uh, actors. Mm-hmm. Very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, very talented. Again, it's another case of Ocean's 8 the first film Ocean's 11 uh, loved it when it came out at the time Ocean's 12, 13 you know yeah not great Um, Ocean's 8 like this looked so cool looked uh, like a brilliant premise they have assembled this excellent cast with Uh uh, Mindy Calling in there as well Uh and Rihanna but I just thought I thought so many of them were wasted if I want to see a Sandra Bullock film I'd, I'd love to see her being because she's so witty and sarcastic as well in this she kind of plays a jaded kind of too cool for school character where she mm. doesn't say that much I thought and loads of the the cool moments even from the lesser Oceans 12 and 13 as well with this like in the clever kind of oh they're pulling you know this part of the heist off over here while you're looking this other direction it's just like no you were just making a separate film that had no tie <laughs> to the to what we were watching here as well. I, I don't know it just it didn't I just didn't find it as entertaining as, uh, as some of the other Oceans films. I thought it's the definition of grand. It's grand. It's, yeah, it's, 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 fine. It's, it's fine. It'll pass an hour and a half. I wanted more. You, you won't remember it in a year. Sarah Paulson is, is really good. I thought, actually, on your point, I thought Blanchett was a bit wasted because she's. Definitely. She's very, like, for. It really did feel like she was the least available. Yeah, on she was set just sort of tagged something. on or something. Yeah. But it, spent, it, it felt like they spent more time on. Rihanna her. got more lines and screen time than Kate Blanchett. And, like, geez. The plot's the plot, and if that's what the way they're going, the way they're going. But like, you do have an Academy Award-winning actress who I would say probably was itching to kind of cut loose because you saw her on Ragnarok. She she kind of in. I think she wants to do a lot more fun projects now. But uh, Sarah Paulson was fantastic. Um, just it, it looks cool. It, it was grand, but yeah, just missing that little bit of sparkle I found. But I did enjoy Helena Bonham Carter's Irish accent. I thought that was grand uh, as an Irish person. I thought, right. it, was okay. I thought yeah. it was okay. Thought it was a wee bit hit and miss. The thing with Kate Blanchett was I felt like they spent more time on the look of her character, you know, as this kind of rock chick with the bike and the outfits, as opposed to actually <laughs> writing something decent for her character. Genuine question. Yes. Did you get a lesbian vibe yes. between her oh, and Oh, 100%. I yeah, presume okay, that yeah. they were exes. Yeah, because they kept, like, referencing stuff, and I was like, is that just me? And then I, I asked someone else at the screening, uh, one of the uh, film, uh, female film critics in the Dublin critic scene, I was like, what did you think about this? She was like, no, I didn't pick up on that at all. I was like, we can't be Oh, I 100% can't picked up on that. misread that so badly. Yeah. But uh, a question for ye both that I asked the cast last week. Uh, mm-hmm. What Because fe- I really think this is a film that should have a female director because it would have a much better yeah. skewing mm. voice to put in there. But uh, And I also think the sequel should be at the Oscars. The sequel should be at the Oscars. That'd be a good show, yeah. Because they already have an Ian with Anne. Oh, Hathaway. like you mean like as a setting? 
Yeah. Right. Whereas this gotcha. one was the Met Gala thing. Actually, you mentioned Anne Hathaway there. I thought she was the best thing about the film oh. because she has so much fun playing this narcissistic, completely up herself actress. She's um, an awful person and it's great. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's super. But then certain things happen and I was just like, no, I, that makes no sense yeah, whatsoever. The, yeah, the flip was a bit too, it felt a bit rushed or something, you know? Yeah, it yeah. didn't, uh, <laughs> different. Yeah. But no, but she. Can you go back in time and spoiler <laughs> warning? <laughs> spoiler warning. She, um, she was the standout cast member uh, for me, definitely. But uh, what sorry, were you yes, say? female yes. director. Who would you? I would say someone with a sense of fun. I go maybe Elizabeth Banks, something like that. Oh, Elizabeth Banks mm, was brilliant. She was meant to be in it. Was she? she was meant to have Sarah Paulson's role, but oh, she I had to. I can, to, I, she I had can to drop see out. that. Yeah, she's kind of a, 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 a bright spark, kind of a jovial, funny. Jokey That's a types. great show. Yeah. One of the most... Now, I know you didn't like her last film, Ava DuVernay, doing... Uh, Serious for me. Cabbage. Doing, space Cabbage. Doing Space Cabbage and A Wrinkle in Time. But she seems to have the... Like, she is incredibly cool herself in real mm. life. So you think she would bring the right level of cool to it. Uh, You'd hope so. Ocean's film yeah. would need then as well. There's also uh, Ama Asante as well. Um, but she, she did uh, United Kingdom and... Bell. United Kingdom. The, yeah, with David um, Yellow and uh, Rosman Pike. And Rosman yeah. Pike, exactly, Ooh. that was set in Botswana. She's a little bit heavier, but she's an excellent filmmaker as well. She doesn't sound much fun, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ah, she's, no, she's better. She's a massive Prince fan. You like Prince, don't you? I do. Yeah. What's your favourite Prince song? Mine? Yeah. Um, We're both of you. I wanna oh, be, Raspberry Beret. I want to be, I, I be your lover. Mine's Get Off. Okay. I want to list some. I think that's everything on Ocean's Eight. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Right? We forgot yeah. we were Prince. Yeah, <laughs> Prince. That's the one. Um, and Jurassic World. Yeah. Jurassic World. Fallen Kingdom. Number one in the Irish box office. Now we do want to talk about something massively spoilery in this. So yeah. Um, this is a spoiler warning now. If you want to, yeah. If you have set seen, a timer or something, so like the next thirty should seconds. Should we have like like? <laughs> yeah. spoiler, 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 spoiler. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to have to invest spoiler. in a spoiler klaxon. Um, not that voice, Paul. Please. Okay. Um. So yeah. Some if you if you haven't seen Jurassic World yet, then kind of tune out now for about the next yeah, minute. Just, just don't focus on what we're saying. For okay. The next. Starting <laughs> from. Now, so basically, uh, one of the massive plot holes, plot points, uh, is that there's a young girl in the film. Who I hated. Yeah, she's... I thought she was fine now. She no. Becomes, that's not the spoiler. So I, hated, I hated her. Like, from the second she was on screen, I was like, I hate She was her. creeping, watching them from the balcony, running yeah, around, just, just... Trying to give her poor old nanny a heart attack. Yeah. She's on... Like, she's locked up in that house on her own with nothing to do, and there's massive dinosaurs around nothing about the place. Nothing to do. Like, Have you seen the size of the house? She has her own <laughs> museum. That's, her that's own bone and her man and uh, were a conical flask. So there we move on to this now. So this is what happens. It turns out that she is a clone. Yes, she has been cloned from the DNA of her well, James Cromwell's mother. daughter. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So um, this is kind of dropped in as a massive kind of development in the science of Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. Mm. And then it's never talked about ever again. Nobody. It's kind of like uh, not until Chris, the very end when she's yeah. like, "They're like me." Boop, yeah, so she has this kind out. of tie-in with the uh, with the dinosaurs, but it just it made no sense because Paul, as you said, it's one of the massive uh, kind of scientific discoveries because, of our time. Because this is where Jurassic Park was kind of going. Like Worlds said, you were kind of kind of creating hybrid dinosaurs. So you think, okay, the next thing we're going to get is like Austin Powers dinosaurs with freaking laser beams on their head. And I'd be <laughs> I'd be there for that because you can see that's yeah. the way it's going to go. Human dinosaurs. dinosaurs, yeah, there yeah. will be. But like human cloning is the biggest breakthrough of all time and she's just dropped in and then Bryce Dallas Howard's character and uh, own uh, Chris Pratt's character find out about this don't give it a second mention don't give it a second glance so like well that's interesting where did who who did you who said that to you where did that come from maybe we should talk to these biologists and then all of a sudden they adopt her yeah there seems they to be just, some it's kind like of parental yeah. Instant bond struck up in five minutes of on-screen time, and then they all go off into the sunset to hopefully avoid a raptor tearing apart uh, yeah, the wildlife. Set the dinosaurs free, which is probably a bad idea. See, okay, so I remember I said I went to see it a second time. Yes. So something when I was watching it a second time, I was like, "What? Uh, what? Where?" The girl goes up to her grandfather, James Cromwell. She's like, "Oh, has uh, was my mother ever in? The, did my mother ever visit the park?" Mm. Yes. And he said once long ago. Right. Which I was like, how could she have visited the park long ago when the park itself has only been open not that long? But maybe they're talking about world? maybe they're talking about the original Jurassic park. Well, yeah. Jurassic park was literally only open for that one <laughs> for day. For that one day, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so either she 
went she before is, Alan Grant and and, and, and but they were the very first people, people who to go arrived. there true, true. so I feel that James Cromwell's character was actually supposed to be Richard Attenborough right before he RIP'd gotcha um, so that girl would have been Lex from the original one oh right okay but they it seems like they forgot to rewrite his line <laughs> to say that this is a younger version of Lex who right, has, okay. has since died but then the picture would have shown mm. Lex as well no yeah but they changed the picture but it still doesn't picture. make any okay. sense as to how I, his daughter made it to Jurassic Park long ago if there was no park to go to and, I and also I did you not get the sense that there's kind of this weird kind of shining connection between the girl and the, the dinosaurs yeah, yeah, yeah. the kind of a telekinesis thing going well, on I, there I thought that's how they were going to develop the clone thing that she would have this connection and she'd be able to <laughs> reason with them or control them or yeah, like, something like, anyway. like, like Owen's character does with Blue I do yeah yeah. yeah I've there got that go. great relationship with the Velociraptor no Owen in Jurassic yeah 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 that's me hello yeah, the, guy, the, guy, the guy spells it Owen properly yeah O-W-E-N that yeah. one Cool. Um, so the handsome one is I think th- oh. was that over <laughs> you bastard that's over 30 seconds I reckon yeah, yeah so right, we've just spoiler we've time just is, uh, is that time um, weirdest shift but still watch it yeah do go and see it um, now it's time for the big interview you on weirdest the shift weird as weird as, oh. <laughs> weird as shit uh, it's time for the big interview on the big review ski and this week uh, there's a brand new Irish film release Dublin Old School and Rory you had a chance to sit down with Emmett Kerwin and Ian Lloyd Anderson who are the two stars of the film they play bros and uh, but Emmett also wrote the film as he well. co-wrote the film uh, and also co-wrote the original play that it was based on um, which I never saw but I had heard was amazing uh, my first exposure to Emmett was when he was part of the riot show mm-hmm. um, which was a huge thing that was in Dublin has now got international and is fantastic um, yeah I sat down with the two of them and just kind of asked you know why do they think Irish film and Irish TV is doing so well internationally lately because I think we can all agree especially even within the last five years that, like every major project that comes out is either great and we all agree it's great mm-hmm. or so great that it ends up doing super well oh. internationally like Dairy Girls or Cream Horns. Offenders or Cream Horns Cream which, Horns. which hang on you got one yeah, it's good. and you didn't bring one down either. I haven't been up back in that. <laughs> when you were <laughs> that same, when you got one, Roy's and you didn't bring one down. Roy's the only. You were person. on. You were on your cruise. Nah. <laughs> Did you bring me back in from your cruise? Hold on a me second. Tan. So, <laughs> the only person who hasn't had a cream horn. What are we uh, talking about Rory. again? Films, are we? I'm going to run and get a cream horn for Rory. <laughs> in the meantime, this is his interview with Emma Kerwin and Ian Lloyd Anderson, the stars of Dublin Old School. Lads, how are you keeping today? You doing well? Good. Fantastic. Straight in. Favorite Irish movie of all time. Ooh, they haven't been asked this yet. No, <laughs> haven't actually. That's a deadly one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Trying to think. Well, I, I think I've two, and I can't yeah. remember the second. Well, in the name of the Father. That's a good one. Right. That's a really good one. I don't know if it can technically be classified as an. No, it is an original. The Informer by John Ford. Okay. And and the Quiet Man. I don't know technically, but in, in terms of because there are Hollywood movies that came here, and it's a particular type of representation of Irish movies. We'll accept that. Or other things. Old school. Uh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rolls, I know the informer. That always kind of stuck with me, like as a child growing up, because like, my brother was doing his thesis or something, and he showed me because he was doing it on John Ford. Mm-hmm. He really like done art, but he did his thesis on John Ford, like, and so you had to, there was a point to me. Early, late, late, I was about about ten, I think, and we had to sit in the gaff watching them all. There was only one TV, so we're, like I was watching loads of them back to back. So I remember thinking, oh, it was actually Irish movies about Ireland. Yeah. But in terms of. Uh, I love that. Uh, I went to the West School, Craig. Do you know what? Win the Chase the Barley for Oh, yeah. Win the Chase the Barley. And the, the follow up. I know people, but I thought Jimmy's Hall was really good as well. Oh, that was, yeah. that was a classic yeah, 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 one. Yeah, that's really the one Barry Warren, Simone Kirby, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And That's great. That's uh, another kind of lodge. And Le- Lenny Evans is the one, the one, Frank. That is an Irish film. I know it's yeah, no, it's an Irish script writer and cast. Adam and Paul. Yeah, oh, this is ridiculous Paul, yeah. now. I feel like we spun out. Yeah, yeah. I would only ask two actors out like City Falls to kind of go, "What's your favourite movie?" Well, yeah. Well, let me tell you all the answers. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sorry, and it was probably I wasn't it. Yeah, pretty pretentious. Someone go, "The fucking informer." It was very esoteric. Uh, no, but yeah, Adam and Paul is one of the best ones. I think. Yeah. You know, and I think that was the kind of turning point. I think in our cinema for a lot. That makes sense, yeah, it does. Because yeah. a lot of it was always Irish movies that were people coming inside and making movies. Yeah. And that was a kind of rebirth of, of the current kind of form of like, or, you know, the new wave of Irish filmmakers, films that were made here, funded here, and by 
people that lived here were from here. Yeah. So and I think that was the kind of real turning point was Adam and Paul and Garage and all of those movies going forward. Garage. Because yeah, because those all those other movies we mentioned, they were kind of they were necessarily not from an Irish filmmaking thing. They were people coming from the outside in. Sorry, we're probably going off. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> it actually yeah. uh, leads nicely onto my next question. Uh, I have to congratulate you both and everyone I know that I heard at the moment involved in the film because watching it, I was like, there is a vibe to this that is very different to any other Irish film okay, yeah, I've ever yeah. seen. It was so energetic, it was so different because going in. I'll be honest, I hadn't seen the play, but I right. had heard all about it. Uh, and going in, I was like, oh, is this going to be like an Irish version of train spotting? That's kind of the first thing that came to mind. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Having watched it, I knew it was completely different. It was, it's so funny. It's so energetic, as I said. Yeah. But was there any particular reference points, even from performances or speaking to the director and writer as well, uh, for other Irish films or even international films when it came to making this? When I wrote the play, someone asked me what's the, what's the most kind of thing, and there was a the dazed and confused. Yeah. So you know those kind of anthropological looks at youth culture. Mm. So that was a very specific thing. So all of those movies that the Americans kind of had through each decade. So American Graffiti for the sixties, Days and Confused for the seventies. Those kind of movies then that touched on you know Stock Ever from the eighties and stuff like that, like or, or the Outsiders. Yeah. You know those good the ones that are concerned with youth. And then kind of those movies a lot of the time that are concerned with kind of like people at the end of their youth, like my character is, you know, they're in their twenties and they feel this is the time, this is the moment unless you're gonna do it. So book Rabbit Run was kind of a, a big kind of influence on that about what kind of happens to people when they feel their life is splitting away from them mm. and they haven't done anything, especially in the Western world. So they were they were kind of my much touchdowns for the play and I think hopefully we got that in. Like Transpot never really came into my mind, really, and that I'm being honest about yeah. that. The main thing when making a movie is and I know I would have felt I feel I think everybody does about Irish film. The main thing is just don't be scarlet. And I know that seems like really, but that's that's a general kind of thing for any movie making and any artist story. Just don't be fucking crap. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or kind of say stuff that's really kind of cliched or kind of a bit cringy. You know what I mean? So that's just like, just watch out for the scarlet factor. So I think always in the back of my head and in Dave Tynan's head and, and the original play with Philly McMahon, when we were doing it, it was always like, you know, just don't be scarlet. Well, even, even for our train spotting, like it did fantastically international, even though it felt very, very localised and there was a story about that part of Scotland. Yeah. Do you feel, has there been any talk at all uh, for how this film might be received outside of Ireland? What do you think? I don't really think about it, you know. Sure. I have to be honest, I don't really think about it. I think it's, uh, I think, let, let, let's just see how it goes. Yeah. You know. I, you know. I always think, with most things, the more esoteric something is, and the more kind of like, particular it is to that area. And this, yeah, well one of the things I really hate, I really hate about kind of like create any kind of creation, someone jumps around and goes, Do you think people will get that? And it's like you don't need to worry if they'll get it. Yeah. When people made the wire, they talked the way they talk in the wire, they didn't change it. Yeah. So when you change something instantaneously instantaneously, you change the, the DNA of it, you change the genetic makeup of it, and the story becomes inauthentic. So the more authentic well, it becomes very general is, then, doesn't yeah. it? That's the problem. I mean I'm, yeah. I, we go back to the play. I mean, we've done the play in, in London, in, in Scotland, in, in North America, in Canada. So it worked like it, yeah. it travels. People will get mm -hmm. a story because it's. And if they don't understand something, they'll go away and look it up. Yeah. And they pretend they did. They knew all along, you know. So it is, so we, like, and that's the thing. Like, the one thing about, like, you know, whatever everyone else is writing, you know, he, he, he stuck it to. And that's, that's why people like it because they feel it's, it's an authentic voice of that particular city, you know. Yeah, so, and I suppose the follow on from that as well is that you see uh, young offenders, you see yeah. uh, dairy girls, like it, they do feel like very localised Irish stories and they do travel fantastically yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Um, working from the inside out, do you feel there has been, or what do you feel the reason is there has been a massive change in uh, popularity for Irish, Irish actors and Irish stories and stuff like that? Because it does feel, especially just within the last five years, yeah. everything is just explode and it's every year there's a number of Irish films where people are like I'm so proud of this now it's a newfound confidence oh because if there is a, if there is a I don't mean newfound confidence in the sense of as a nation that's always been there but it's a newfound confidence in the way you tell stories and actually um and, and finding that stories that are written from the inside out mm. are far greater I mean you try to do what they were doing earlier where you try to create some sort of new world when you know just tell the story of the people and the people recognize it they recognize the authenticity of it and I think people get that with young offenders Hardy books uh, you know any of those kind of things that are that are written from the inside out people go oh yeah I'll get this I understand this like uh, you know and, and movie making as well I think you know yeah and it's to do it with, with comfortable comfort within your own Irishness. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, long time, like I know even um, 
you know, there's that famous thing where if an actor can't get work in Ireland, move to London. Yeah. And you get loads of work in Ireland because it's that thing, he's in London, bring him back. Yeah. You know, he's doing well. Um, and it's a, it's a kind of a, it's a, a comfort and a, a confidence in, 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 in telling Irish stories, in being Irish, and, in, in, and, 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 and that the quality of the work is just as good as it can be anywhere else in the world. We have this kind of thing where we kind of peer out of our small little place here and look across the water and go, isn't it big and shiny and brilliant over there? But actually, I mean, there's, I mean, we, we are hands down just as good when it comes to actors and it comes to directors. I think we've punched above our weight in a lot of things, and I think it's cinema. And, Things like that, I think we're, we're, we're right up there, particularly now. When it's, 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 and, and as that grows, it becomes more competitive, which means the work gets better. It, yeah. It's easy, but once these yeah, balls yeah. start rolling, they, they really get a steam. I think as well, people are kind of, there's a thing we used to do, we made art for ourselves, you know, an inside kind of thing, like, but what you, when we wasn't as successful as when we tried to repackage what we were mm -hmm. and then tried to change it and modify it for consumption in another culture, yeah. unless in America, we wouldn't recognize it. They wouldn't recognise it, and then it became, I suppose, what they would have called in the 30s, the mid-Atlantic kind of thing. You know, it's, it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't it's exist not anywhere. Anybody, yeah. So it's not for anybody. So I think the idea is that if you make something that's, yeah, like from there, and and, and uh, you just you, you worry about the audience second, I think, because it'll find its audience. Yeah. And one last very quick question: a film that's entirely about, not entirely about, but has a lot of partying in it. Oh, yeah. I have to ask, what was the rap party like? A lot more low-key than the actual parties on set. Right. Well, I can't remember. So. <laughs> the fingers, the finger food was muck. All right. Oh. They had sausages, and I'm only kidding. It was actually, <laughs> someone's gonna kill me now because there's probably like lavish catering. It wasn't. Uh, it was genuinely sausages and goujons. Yeah, sausages and goujons. That was pretty good though. Well, that's like, you know, well the There was a lot of English <laughs> actors. There was a lot of English actors. Nima, what's Nima Talagani? So it was great for us to kind of take him out because uh, uh, we know him. I like, you know, we go. This is Dublin. Buzz out with us. You know, have the crack. And uh, it was delightful. We were all home at 11 o'clock and uh, <laughs> with a cup In of a cocoa. Ovaltine. Ovaltine. Horlicks. Bring them on. Uh, no. Yeah, drinking that at half so 11. Nice. So uh, yeah, that, the, the movie making experience was a lot more crazy. So yours <laughs> film board pay for that. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> it makes <laughs> a lot of sense now. <laughs> on set. Lads, <laughs> thanks so much. Nice. Cheers. Thanks, thanks so much. What's this, huh? Cocaine, is it? It's K. Ketamine. All right, Ketamine. Should I say special K? <laughs> I never told you that I loved you. You never loved me. Yeah, I did. Make sure that when you tell your story, you lived it like it was a novella version of a War and Peace style walk of Dublin fiction. Epic in small ways. Live it up now, because these be their days. What has he got his top off? It's hot. Never any excuse for a man to take his top off in Dublin. That was Rory's chat with Emma Kerwin and Ian Lloyd Anderson there. And the three of you are from Dublin, because, well, Paul, you're from Dublin as well. This is Yeah, hi, nice to meet you. I'm not from Dublin. My mommy's a dub, but I'm from Derry, so that's that's different. Half dub. Um, you sound like you go more Dublin with the two boys there. Emma Kerwin is so Dublin. Do I? I think so. I think there are wee... Go on. D Dublin elements there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that's uh, allowed, because you are from there. I am from here, yeah. Um, the pair of them... Uh, seem like good crack anyway and they've made well I think you've been raving about this film ever since you saw it a couple of weeks back yeah uh, like I was I was really happy that because as I said in the interview I was going I was like oh, it's going to be kind of a bummer because it's about uh, a brother who loves the party and then he happens across his long lost brother who uh, was a heroin addict um, and he hasn't seen in a number of years uh, so I was like oh this sounds like a harsher version of train spotting and it turns out uh, no, because even he himself was like, "I know what the synopsis of this film sounds like, but it is actually a comedy." Um, and the trailer, I think, tries to do its best to sell the fact that it's very energetic, it's very upbeat. Um, but there, there are some much darker elements to it. But primarily, there's not really much of a plot. It's just Emma Kerwin walking around Dublin, kind of wandering from party to party, taking whatever drug is hand to him. Um, and intermittently in there is his brother uh, in Lloyd Anderson who uh, is trying to get his life back on track and kind of trying to warn his brother that this could eventually be you if you don't get yourself right uh, and again that doesn't sound very funny but it is actually very funny so it's actually a comedy because that's the first time I've heard someone use the C word when describing Dublin Old School yeah, like it's it's it is it's very very funny. The two of them are really good at it. Ian Lloyd Addison, 
I think probably because more of the role that he's been given, but he he does feel like a bit more standout um, out of the two of them. And there's a, there's a fantastic supporting uh, Irish cast in there. Yeah. Um, and Dublin looks incredible. And there's scenes where they kind of take it away from Dublin for a little bit and go to a massive party down in, I think it's Wicklow. And that looks fantastic as well. Um, it doesn't make... Because, again, there was another concern was that... Remember the way Trainspotting made Edinburgh look awful? Mm. Yeah. Though it wasn't yeah. filmed in Edinburgh. It was filmed in Glasgow, but they hated yeah. hated what they did to the city. Um, I was concerned that they were going to make Dublin look like a bit like a poop hole. But it uh, it looks really good, and it's, it seems like one of the... Like, it has a kind of Berlin-y vibe. You're like, oh, it's cool. Look at all these cool underground parties. And I don't why don't I ever get invited <laughs> to these. Where are these happening? Yeah, I was like, oh, I want to go to these. Um, so, yeah, there's a constant uh, energetic, up, upbeat vibe. Uh, and it is at times very, very funny. But it does have a message behind it as well, which is essentially, you know, uh, decades ago, being in, in your late 20s, early 30s, it was irresponsible to be having this much fun and not having any, you know, goals or... Uh, responsibilities in life uh, and people this age are just kind of like oh, yeah I know I'm 29 and I know I've taken maybe two and a half pills tonight and I know <laughs> it's a Tuesday but sure, <laughs> but what, hey. you, but what are you going to do uh, where the film's trying to say yes like having a good time is important but it shouldn't be the only thing in your life so in terms of other Irish films that have been released this year because we've already been saying how uh, and you chatted to uh, the pair of them about how good the standard of Irish uh, film and TV is as well um, this obviously ranks up there with one of the best ones of the year yeah like I think it's it's a lot more fun like I'm not in any rush to go back and see Michael Inside again because <laughs> yeah. it, is, it is a tough watch whereas I would have no problem rewatching uh, Dublin Old School it's probably not as good but it pro- probably is way more entertaining yeah and we know the weather is unbelievable up and down the country at the minute but do uh, get a lot of them a lot of us are pale I'm not, but a lot of <laughs> yeah. Irish people are pale, so you maybe it's a, it's a good thing to get, well. get indoors and go see a film about other people having fun. Yes, yeah. that's the way to do it. So Dublin Old School out in Irish cinemas this week. Another release uh, this week is Tag, which has a brilliant cast of John Hamm, uh, Jeremy Renner, and other people. Isla Fisher's <laughs> in there as well. She is. she is. So latest comedy from Warner Brothers and uh, Paul, you went to see it, but just before your unbelievable review of it, here's a little clip from the film. Susan, you take Jerry to be your husband. What's the difference between <coughs> Episcopalian and Lutheran? Episcopalians uh, don't eat fish. That's pescatarian. That's not a religion. They're all fanatics. I don't know. You, you may kiss the bride. <laughs> I love you. Tell me what's going on here. Our group of friends has been playing the same game of tag for 30 years. What? For the entire month of May, every year we play tag. You're you got me. me. You never know when someone's gonna pop up. Congratulations, buddy. You're in. Doing great, Anna. Our buddy Jerry is the best that ever played. And now he wants to retire. Never been tagged. Just saying. So who's it? Can't touch it. Here we get Jerry. Can't touch it. Synchronize your watches. I don't know how to do that. I don't wear a watch. Time is a construct. Ed Helms pretty much summed up the plot of the film there. A group of friends, they've been playing tag for years and years, and one of their friends has never been caught. Yep. And they want to try and catch him. And that friend's Jeremy Renner. Bizarrely enough, this is based on a true story. Yeah, because it says it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, A Wall Street (laughs) Street journalist named uh, Annabelle Wallace from Peaky Blinders. accompanies John Hamm who's basically this rich businessman and they all try and tag Jeremy Renner because he's never been caught and he's about to get married so he's going to be in the same room and they all think to get, get, get together and go to it it's quite clever in the sense that most comedies are really juvenile and stupid but the fact that they've been playing this game since the kids this kind of gives them a natural let out to just do some crazy stuff big fan of John Hamm when he does comedy because he's just like the most handsome man I'm alive. just so happy for him that he's so good at everything uh, yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he's really, really good uh, in this it's a, the amount of gags like any comedy are a bit hit and miss but the majority of them do Lance to be honest uh, I enjoyed it uh, the female characters felt a bit 
thin on the ground just because it felt a bit of a boys club but again that's the whole plot it is a bunch of boys from childhood um, Rashida Jones's character in it as well felt a bit of a waste because Rashida Jones is pretty much great and everything although Isla Fisher for any fans of Wedding Crashers and the manic brilliance shitstorm hurricane that was Gloria she basically <laughs> yeah. plays that again oh that's so, good news yeah, if, you're, if you're a big fan of Isla Fisher going mental you'll love this um, the set pieces are very good it's inventive uh, when Renner's getting closed they had that kind of you know Sherlock he attacks from the left he yes, right. yeah. so it's it's quite witty in that sense um, Renner because the character is kind of they're kind of separated they use this game to stay in touch and his character is kind of the drift doesn't get much in it but yeah the dynamics quite well Ed Helms is playing a role you've seen Ed Helms do a million times because he's nailed it down and yeah it is funny it's uh, you probably won't up there with the best comedies of the year it wasn't as innovative game night or blockers but I, I laughed so yeah, well, you'll enjoy Jake Johnson and Hannibal Burgess in any of the bit parts that they played in previous comedies um, they always they're, they're mm. two very very funny people yeah, as well. yeah. so for them to kind of round off uh, you know Ed Helms Jeremy Renner and, and John Hamm it's a, it's a good bunch of uh, of comedic actors as well it's always weird like whenever John Hamm isn't you know designed to be the coolest person in the room because obviously they're pitching Jeremy Renner as mm. he's the cool one who could ever be caught and you're like but John Hamm is there <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> it, do, it does kind of feed off that as well actually um, and uh, look at yeah. John Hamm look at his dimples <laughs> you just want to put your finger in it yeah. you were in the room with John Hamm Where are you, did you get the Hamm present y- yes I got the <laughs> Hamm present yes uh, no he, he's just effortlessly cool at everything he does as Roy says we're all Really, really happy for him. Yeah, good and for his, him. His and wonderful it, career. It's, it's just great sometimes when really handsome men are good at <laughs> are good at things and also have lots of money. Yes, that's John. That's Hamm. good for him. That's John Ham. So, tag is it worth going to see then? Definitely. Yeah, it's it's a three out of five. Yeah, you're not going to rant and rave about it, but it's it's enjoyable. Yeah, you laugh. Okay, cool. Tag released in cinemas this weekend as well. Um, Adrift is another release out in Irish cinemas. Every film is, this, is out this week. Every film, and is we're out not this done. Week. Is this? This is about two people playing tag on a boat. Is that right, Rory? <laughs> They're playing tag with Mother Nature. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I hope they put that in the poster. Uh, no, this is uh, Charlene Woodley and Sam Claff. Claflin. Claflin. Is it a second extra, L? He's got so many L's. Claflin. In the Claflin. Claflin. The Claflin. Sam uh, Clef Palette is boat. Is on a boat. They're both on a both on a boat. Okay, that's it. Um, with T pain. No. No, no. Uh, they um, have just met. They're kind of instantly in love, and they get given a your wagging your finger because I'm delighted that you've brought up that they just met because we have a little moment here. I don't have to. Talk no, you, no, no, because they they're they're just going to sum up how gonna let them lovely do? and in love they are. I let them do it. Just that's not nice. That's for them, isn't it? Do you uh like fish? I'm actually a vegetarian. So <laughs> right. I like them when they're alive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to see if you just wanted to grab a early dinner. Uh, but seeing as you're... Do you know what? I can make a really good vegetarian version. That sounds great. <laughs> good. Yeah, good. Thank Sold. you. Done. Do you want me to grab anything else? Uh, some vegetables. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> I, I don't know. She's laughing at his jokes, but he doesn't seem very funny to me. No, it's amazing how much funnier people find people when they're already really attractive. Uh, yes. You'll, <laughs> you'll laugh at anything if they're super John attractive. Says. <laughs> yeah. You remember my on-screen flirting with Brie Larson. Yes, that was inappropriate. It was, yeah. Uh, uh, but, like, so... Sam Claflin and Shailene Woodley clearly massively attracted to each other there in that clip. Yeah. Um, this is just before they get on the boat. Yeah. What happens when they get on the boat? A big storm comes and uh, causes them a lot of trouble. Rexter Radio, Rexter Sales. Um, I'm not spoiling anything. The very opening scene of the movie is Shailene Woodley waking up alone post-storm uh, on mm. the boat with the sail gone, with the radio gone, and with Sam Claflin gone. <laughs> Claflin. Um, and then the movie goes back and forth between her surviving being alone at sea and uh, the initial kind of meet cute with Sam. Um, and it's directed by T. Backlemans. <laughs> What's that now? Timur oh, Beckleman. T- oh, the guy, did, the guy did Wanted, is that thing? He did Everest. Everest. Oh, yeah. sorry. With Jason Clark. I was thinking T. Baltazar. 
Blue, surname. You can do it. It's I don't I don't remember his surname. Balthazar definitely. Let's something. go with Balthazar director. Uh, thank you. He uh, he does a really good job of uh, setting up the storm stuff. It, it looks great on the big screen and even on trailers on the small screen. Mm. Um, the whenever the boat is caught up in those massive waves, it looks really impressive. Yeah, uh, and it's uh, I suppose it's kind of like a, a mini Titanic. It's just the two of them on a boat, and then something happens, and then they. They love each other, but like stuff happens, and they have to survive it. And that's it's also based on a true story, like Tag. But uh, oh, it's a true story as well. Is it the same group of friends as the ones in Tag? <laughs> it's like Nightmare. I said, playing Tag with Mother Nature. You can't, you, you don't win. Uh, they have cute chemistry together. Um, the survival scenes are pretty good, uh, but there's just like there's not a whole lot to it. Like you can kind of understand why they wanted to tell the story. But you remember. Was it Reese Witherspoon's Wild from a few yeah. years ago? Where you're like basing a true story about a woman's survival of a harsh nature. You're like, but we know she made it because she wrote the book, and this is what the film <laughs> yeah, is based yeah. on. So there's no real sense of jeopardy. Yeah, so it's like she, so she's fine. But well, maybe uh, that's what the filmmakers were doing. If they open the film with that scene, yeah, or that. But I thought that was clever because there's no like uh, building to the storm. It starts with her in the worst predicament and then goes back and forth to show you yeah. how she got there so I do understand why they did it and it was better played out that way than the alternative which is just playing it out chronologically um, and it's fine it's totally fine but uh, I suppose much like Tag coming to the end of the year we're not going to be ranting or raving about it gotcha so Dublin Old School is still the recommended watch for this week anyway sounds for like now. it for now because now we also uh, and this is a film that is re- it's released this week that's why we're reviewing it that's a good uh, reason it's Sicario 2 Soldado and before we review it here's a little clip from the film no rules this time I'm turning you loose how loose Carlos Reyes. How's that for Lucy? It's your chance to get even for your family. Who's gonna help us start a war? With who? Everyone. So that was Josh Brolin and Benicio del Toro. Uh, a quick question there: Who is the coolest out of those two men? Benicio. Benicio easily. Oh, I thought that was going to be some kind of impossible dilemma. No. The only thing really like Brolin will always <laughs> okay. have cool is that he is a goonie, and that just gives you. Extra he does have that going for him. Yeah, cool level points. But del Toro is del Toro. Yeah. Um, so they're obviously uh, in Sicario to Soldado, which I thought was an ice pop first of all, but then I remembered that's Solero. Soldado is the Spanish word for soldier. And the ex Tottenham striker Roberto Soldado. There and him, him as well. He's got nothing to do with this film though. This is the sequel to 2015's Sicario which, which is the Spanish word for hitman it certainly is uh, Sicario is I think it's a stunning film oh, I think yeah. it's, oh, I I think it's it. near perfect which I think a lot of Denny Villeneuve's films actually are mm-hmm. and completely blew me away whenever I saw it in the cinema and each time that I've seen it since Emily Blunt was in that one she's not back for this film and this film picks up uh, a while after the first one and it's focusing again on Josh Brolin's character, Matt, who's this shady, mysterious government agency boy who seems to have just rules of his own. And uh, Del Toro, who plays Alejandro, uh, the hitman, um, or the, the Sicario in question. Are you enjoying the Spanish uh, so, <laughs> si, si. Mucho. Yeah, mucho, mucho <laughs> enjoyment, though. Um, so, yeah, in this one, they're back to the US-Mexico border. And they want to start a war between the cartels, basically. So they go about this trying to figure out what's the best way to do it. And they think, oh, we're going to kidnap the child of one of the, the cartel bosses. So that's that's the story of this one. Um, as we said, we're all massive fans of uh, the first one. This one doesn't have Denis Villeneuve on as director. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have uh, Roger Deakins on as cinematographer. It unfortunately doesn't have Johan Johansson on doing the music because he sadly passed away. It does have one of his pals who worked with him on the first film doing the music, Hildur Guanadotir. 
not Spanish, Icelandic. Not, yeah, not as just not, going around. Not, not as question mark fluent. Yeah. My Icelandic. I will do is every accent a, in the world by will. the end of this show. Icelandish. Yeah, um, but uh, so her story is really our score is really atmospheric. Not quite. It's like everything is very good, but just not quite at the yeah. level of what mm. it was in Sicario. But compared to a lot of other films that are out at the moment, I think this is still a much, much better film. Now, I haven't seen Dublin Old School yet, so I don't know how it compares sure. to that. But in terms of like Jurassic World, Ocean's 8, whenever I went to see all of those, this one is definitely a better film. It does seem like a very weird film for there to be a sequel to. Like, I know yeah. uh, there has been conversations already about maybe a third one, maybe a, a series or a franchise, but like it do- watching the first one, it didn't seem like it lended itself well to an, uh, an easy sequel I don't know I thought Alejandro Del Toro's character was such an enigma and he played it so well and that line was it you're a sheep in a land of wolves was just bone chilling and yeah. Del Toro was great but I did think he excelled because he was kind of like he had 20 minutes and he just stole the whole 20 minutes I don't know if I want to see a whole film of him yeah, because he played off blunt she was very naive and kind of wide eyed to the whole world but I'm I'm really really excited to see it, but uh, that's that's and interesting. You should be excited to see it because, as I said, it is a very good film. And the really interesting thing about the first one is it passed the story from Emily Blunt to Del Toro to the pair of them, and you didn't really know who who the main character mm. was at sometimes. And then Josh Brolin kind of flits in and out. In this one, I think they they let you peek behind the curtain a little bit too much of the mm-hmm. the workings of how these guys operate and there was a lot of I was confused watching the first one yeah a little bit I was like why who answers what? to who and yeah. why are they allowed to who do that who is he and exactly yeah, yeah and obviously the tension was just ramped up ridiculously in the first one and there are moments like that in this you can say oh that's like that particular scene or this links into that but nothing quite reaches the level of uh, of just the overall kind of masterclass I think that mm. you've had for mm. the first one um, they're all brilliant like Brolin's in it uh, he's excellent uh, Del Toro and the young actress is Isabella Monner Isabella Monner yeah see, we see, interviewed see. her for the most recent run, uh, Transformers that's right and she is super as uh, playing this young Mexican girl in the film as well so there's elements of like kind of Logan Leon you know mm. those mm. those elements in there as well but a lot of good stuff uh, a very good film but just not quite reaching those levels of the first Sicario two quick questions and you yes. can answer them as quickly as you like okay does it lend itself really easily to a prequel you can see how they've definitely tried to set that up they've mentioned bringing back Emily Blunt on the junket I was reading she's in their okay. thoughts for bringing them back in to round it off I've heard okay but yet. you can see how they would do more in this world definitely um, and a lot of the early reactions I've seen were, were very positive but they all pretty much said that the ending was not great they're listen whenever you're watching a film you don't want to know going in you know oh, well this bit isn't going to be as good as that or whatever I did think it was a little bit weak right. at the end. Um, there was something else I was going to say, but I can't remember what it is That's now. cool. Yeah, oh, <laughs> it's, it was, yeah. we keep describing it as a sequel, and they specifically said it's not really a sequel, it's more of a spin-off in that same world. Mm. Uh, so I think that's the way they're treating it, even though it's kind of a sequel. Sure. Yeah. I've seen some of the director's stuff. I think he did Gamora and Romanzo Criminale. they really good Italian gangster dramas. He cut his teeth there. Yes, is Stefano this, uh, Solima. He's an Italian guy, I Italian. think. Italian, Is the action sequence is already fairly original? I would have thought they'd been, because those two shows are pretty brutal. Are they original? Yeah, like really. They are. There's... <laughs> Not a scene to rival kind of some of the action, you know, the, the traffic jam sequence yeah. in the first one at the border. But there is a particular moment in this that I was like, oh, holy God, here we go. And they kind of bring on, uh, as well as the cartels, an element of international terrorism as well. Ooh. So they're obviously expanding that as well. So no, listen, I would still say 100% be excited, do go and see it. But uh, for me, it didn't quite uh, reach those levels of Sicario. 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 If you can't make it to any of those <laughs> films this week, what are you doing with your life? Oh, you're probably outside sunbathing. World Cup. Dipping your feet. Oh, the World Cup. Eating massive foot-long ice cream. You can do all of those things. There's what? lots of hours in the day. Foot-long ice creams? Yeah, there's a there's a ice cream shop in... Derry, probably. Where they have the cream horns, which you haven't been given. Cream horn ice cream. But no, they're, they're making a foot-long ice cream cone. It's incredible looking. That seems unwieldy. 
it is unwieldy. I you don't, you don't hinge your jaw. Hold that. I'd be afraid it is blip off to one side. It's delicious though. So if you pick yourself up one of those ice creams and you're staying in this weekend, uh, here's what you can watch at home, Paul. You've got a wee recommendation. Yeah, I'm going to go for one that uh, really surprised me. Kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, Bloomhouse, as far as I'm concerned, actually. Uh, no, Ghost House. Sam Raimi's thing. Yep. It's uh, Fede Alvarez's uh, Home Invasion Horror Don't Breathe, which is <gasps> a fantastic watch. Uh, saw it in the cinema. Kind of saw the trailer and thinking, oh, this is this is clever. I didn't realise how clever it was. A lovely mix of uh, Saw, kind of um, Silence of the Lambs was at the final act, and yeah. Stephen Lang's villain is up there with his performance in Avatar. So creepy. And I kind of hope they don't do a sequel. I just hope they just leave it as it is, because to me it was a really, really clever, tight, claustrophobic thriller uh, with elements of, like, as I said, Saw, Panic Room, Silence of the Lambs. Check it out. It's on Netflix now. Uh, you can't go wrong with it. So Stephen Lang, people would know him best from uh, Avatar. He plays the kind of the... The bad guy, military guy, yep. basically. Basically, a bunch of a uh, bunch of thieves break into a house. They think it's an easy job. He's uh, a blind guy, Stephen Lang, and uh, but he's ex-army and he is not to be messed with. No, really, I mean, he nice. was on Pandora. Like he's mm. fought those big aliens, so he knows what he's doing. Yeah, and a really nice mix of scares. You got some kind of uh, your jump scares. You got some creepy tension stuff. You got some gory stuff. Um, yeah, you probably won't have any fingernails by the end of it. Really, really good. And Alvarez is doing the new. Girl's Dragon Tattoo he off, is, off yeah. the back of and uh, successful I think he did the Evil Dead remake which I really wanted to hate but it was just okay <laughs> it was actually yeah it was decent, actually okay yeah. 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 I really yeah, wanted to hate it stuff yeah. in that though that mm. is awful the arm much. arm under the yeah <laughs> <laughs> so Don't Breathe is where can you it's, watch it uh, just been added to Netflix and uh, if you haven't seen it I recommend it particularly if you like your thrillers slash horrors well, your last recommendation was Edge of Seventeen mm. it was then watched absolutely loved Which it Sandra so Bullock then watched that's true, yeah, because she had listened to the Rory's mate. Whiskey, yeah, of Sandy course. B. Having a big party together. And she took your advice on board. So 100% be checking out. Uh, don't breathe. Now it's time for our competition high clue. And this is the giveaway we were talking about. It's scarily good. It's out of this world. And it's the one that Rory wants to win because it is tickets to see a very special summer screening of Aliens. Oh, I thought it was Showgirls. No, that's next week. <laughs> um, this is happening on... It's The Irish Film Institute are going to be screening this in Big Delicious. 70 oh, millimeters. No. So aliens just up on the big screen. Don't make that noise. Um, is that an alien noise? I don't know what that sure. is. Yeah. So um, in order to win the prize uh, or to be in with the chance of winning the prize, all you have to do is get the correct answer to this competition I clue and answer the question that's up on Joe as well. So last week's uh, high clue, congratulations to everybody who got it, which was one person. Now, one person got it correct. Now, an entire week later, I still haven't got this one. Oh, yeah. So... Right, well, here. <laughs> I, I, I think I stopped trying to see if the episode ended. So okay, yeah. so uh, a reminder of what the high clue was. It was Wolfish Big Rabbit, Orange Man Isn't Yellow, Boots Deaf Boy in Blue. Uh, as I said, only one person got it right. A lot of wrong answers uh, went for Donnie Darko. Obviously, that was the Big Rabbit I reference. I went for that one last week. Uh, Cahill McKay went for Tank Girl. James McAnespy went for Sin City. That was the yellow reference uh, but a big congratulations to Ross O'Donoghue who initially tweeted us saying I have yet to get one of these but don't ever stop <laughs> which was a Jeez. nice encouragement but then he totally redeemed himself and got the correct answer good on him do, do you want to do you want Wolfish Big again. Rabbit Wolfish Big go on yeah I'm listening Orange Man Isn't Yellow Boots Deaf Boy in Blue Anything on the there's a wolfish big rabbit? Give us uh, a, a thing. A, a gift. Okay, so Wolfish Big Rabbit is about one particular actor. Are there any other famous big rabbits that you know of in cinema? Apart from Donnie Darko? Roger. Not Roger. There Fra was a film with uh, Jimmy Stewart oh, ages ago uh, oh, called He had an Christ. imaginary big friend <clears throat> called Harvey? Harvey Harvey the Big Rabbit. So Wolfish. Oh, that's Harvey could tell it's fucking Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> it's Reservoir Dogs. So the first line, Wolfish Big Rabbit is in reference to Harvey Keitel because Harvey uh, and he plays the wolf in Pulp Fiction. Mm -hmm. The middle line, Orange Man isn't yellow. Orange, Mr. Orange, Mr. Orange is Tim Roth mm. and he isn't yellow because he's, uh, well, he's an undercover cop so he's incredibly brave. He's not scared. Well, he is he's scared. Ain't no yellow belly. Yeah, exactly. And then Boots, Deaf Boy in Blue. The boy in blue is the cop who is in the boot and uh, Michael Madsen's character uh, cuts off his ear, making him deaf. And, uh, oh, he boots him as well. Has him in the boot and kicks him around. I think you can still hear without your ear. Is that true? Yeah, because your eardrum's inside. 
Hold on a second. And he has, his, and he has his other ear. Who has a, <laughs> who's <laughs> got a razor blade? We'll ask Kieran the sound app. Can, you know all about sound. No. <laughs> like, you can hear with no ears. No, I didn't say that. Uh, he ha- one, he has a second ear, so he's not deaf. And two, your eardrum's inside your ear. Fine. I'm scrunching it up. <laughs> second. Anyway, congratulations to Ross O'Donoghue, who uh, got the correct answer, Reservoir Dogs. Except you got the wrong eye clue. completely wrong. Jeepers. Man. We've had another case of heresy. Right, and, let's okay. see what you got wrong this okay. week, on. <laughs> this week's one. Okay, pens Paul, and paper count this, because I ready. don't trust him anymore. Here we go. What makes you think you could trust me? I don't know. On track, but tracked down. Clark's dad versus Clark's rival? Question mark. Logan comes along. So that high clue again is on track, but tracked down. Clark's dad versus Clark's rival? Question mark. Logan comes along. Okay, so that's this week's competition, Hikley. As I said, you can head over to Joe, uh, answer the questions up there, and you could be in with a chance of winning tickets to see Aliens. Any ideas from either of you? Mm-hmm. Logan would imply, obviously, Jack. Because well, well, yeah, well. this is for everyone else to do at home. Okay. So, so. Yeah, yeah we, we've a whole week to point out the flaws. That's <laughs> <laughs> you had to say how wrong it is. Okay, uh, while Rory and Paul start to, uh, yeah, basically tear my high clue apart, um, yeah, we'll say our goodbyes. Well, what have so. we got next week? All class stuff. Oh, cool. <laughs> oh, so much oh, unbelievable things. I scrunched, I scrunched up my piece of paper. Think, I'm sorry. So many film yeah. stuff. I think the first purge. Oh, the first purge week. is out, definitely. As I is think Whitney. Whitney, the documentary Whitney. about Whitney. Whitney we uh, might be talking to the director of Whitney, Kevin MacDonald, who also directed the likes of Last, Last King, King of Scotland. Scotland. He was in uh, Coronation Street. Touching the as Void well. as well, didn't yeah. he do? And was he in uh, Coronation Street. <laughs> Christ almighty and I think we also might be talking to the director of Netflix's The Staircase The Staircase Uh, for anybody who hasn't seen The Staircase do start watching it I know some people have heard it's a little bit uh, up and down but it's much better. Oh, it's actually, it's he actually redeemed excellent. himself. Yeah. He did What's not. It? That we'll was worse. Bye bye. Bye bye. Christ. Christ.